space. Final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, uh, Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Spree. Ahoy, hoy, and Willow. And Willow, we can hear Willow. Being very vocal. It, it, she's really Star Trek. She always has I something to say. Exactly. Balance of Terror is one of her favourite episodes, it turns out. It is. Well, it's many people. So, yes, we're here to talk about Balance of Terror... Because, obviously, we have the season finale of Strange New Worlds, and if you've not seen it, spoiler alert, it references Balance of Terror. Um, before we do that, though, we've also had the San Diego Comic Con, which, in past years, we've actually ended up doing more or less a full episode on San Diego Comic Con, so it should probably tell you that there wasn't as much this year that we're, we're just kind of lumping this in at the start, but yeah. there was yeah, a few I, notable things. One which I... Because uh, I did actually a, um, uh, a round-up of Comic-Con mm. uh, with Spindles for the Dog Squee Show, and we were talking about uh, the Star Trek news, and he said one which I had not heard, and I wonder if you guys had. He was saying that there's a lower decks in real life yeah. thing yes. happening. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I missed this. I didn't know. Um, they came back on, didn't they? Um, during the Strange New Worlds uh, panel, sort of did a takeover. Yeah. And uh, it was announced there that there's going to be a Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover <laughs> in the next season of um, Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And um, they also said that it's going to be part animation, part live action. So. Um, that was we, that was in an interview afterwards that the yeah. So we were talking about it and saying maybe it's gonna start on the Cerritos in animated form, and then when they get taken into the real world, they're gonna take over as the the actors. Yeah. You know, if they go back in time or whatever. So because we're gonna need to involve time travel as well as uh, crossing over from cartoon to real mm -hmm. life. So yeah, quite well, an ambitious choice. Well, yeah. and I like it. It has. It if you notice, actually, all the animated characters do bear a resemblance to the actors who are who are voicing yeah. them, and that was yeah. done deliberately. We also got them turn up at a convention about three months ago in the um, lower decks uniforms. So they actually did. A, they did. A, we didn't realise, but they were actually teasing the reveal of yeah. this reveal back and then. And Jack Quaid had his hair dyed purple, so it makes yeah. you wonder if they were actually filming it at the time and just pulled a fast one on us at the time. I but... think that I think they have. I think that's what they've done. Yeah, it could well. And be. my bet is that that Lower Decks is going to accidentally trigger time travel in true Lower Decks form. Like they're oh, not going to do sure. anything on purpose. They're going to oh, accidentally oh, hit the wrong button and and trigger time travel. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be great because Mariner will no doubt be an expert on Captain Pike and everything that no, happened and all Mariner the missions. Mariner will think she's an expert on Captain Pike. True. Yes, you're right. Is what I think will happen. <laughs> oh, and Boiler's going to be, actually be the expert who isn't going to be listened to at all. So they're yeah. going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can and say it now. If anyone's going to make a joke about Pike's hair, I think we'll probably get it in that episode. So, well, it did joke, didn't he? Like in the panel, he went, "It could be an animated Pike. I could be all buff and all that." And it makes you wonder if they are actually going to have him in in the episode. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just wondering how large like, um, and some mount. Does play it very, I mean, wonderfully large, but he plays it big, his performances. Enjoys the hell out of playing Pike. I've said it before. Just imagine how much fun he's going to have with this. Oh, oh, yeah. it's. I mean, this could be brilliant. And I think it's not the ones I expected them to cross over, but I can see why they're doing it from a business standpoint because <coughs> those two shows are probably the two that have got the best critical reviews and are probably the ones that the fandom has embraced the most. Yeah. So it makes sense to test the waters of crossovers with the one that's probably going to go down the best. So 
there was that news. There was Alex Kurtzman's confirmed there's two other shows in active development at the minute. And he said that we will be getting another female lead. Yeah, so, I mean, we could infer from that that Section 31 is still a thing and Michelle Yeoh will be the female lead he's talking about. We could have, uh, finally, they might get round to doing an Academy series series with with, uh, Tilly. Yeah, I mean, I prefer Uh, that to the Section 31 show, to be honest. I think that one's got Well, they've been trying to do an Academy show since the early 70s, haven't they? Yeah. Let's be honest about this. Well, what, what's your hurry? Come on, let's stop and smell the roses. It's only been in development since the 70s. There's Come also, on. the other one that's um, starting to get some traction is possibly a Captain Seven of Nine show mm-hmm. or, or uh, Rafi and Seven, sort of their adventures. Yeah, I mean, that, that was another thing that we got the more of a cast reveal for Picard. We got all the one-sheet character posters. Oh, I was saying to Spindles last night, or a couple of nights ago, thank goodness they have just stayed true to what Worf looked like in yes. the series. They've just just, yeah. just aged him up. That's it. That's all you need to do. Don't F with the Klingons any yeah. further. I thought there might have been a bit more to the Picard reveal, like a sneak teaser trailer, mm. because we've got, they've already revealed all these characters, so it wasn't really a big... Yeah, but it's seeing them. Like, it is still, I know it's it's still lovely them, to see it them. It wasn't a massive yeah. reveal that no. in these people. But it's like, I mean, it's almost like since they basically botched the Klingon look in Discovery, they've been scared to show Klingons. Yeah, so oh, when I knew yeah. Worf was coming back, I was like, just, just, just please don't mess it up. Please don't mess it up. Just, yeah. It's Worf. Just keep in his Worf. Yeah. And they did it. And they've done and it. And hopefully now they'll see how much this works and return to this in future. And they'll they'll allow the Klingons to come back into the fold because I feel well, like they've almost got ostracized. I think they'll then. just go, it's just, all we got was it was a remnant of the genetic air disorder. Yeah, that we had I think. Yeah. That. We've, we've just got to hand wave it away. We've already I mean. had that. There was a, Kling, a, a genetic disorder at that time. That yeah. was covered in Enterprise. So. Oh, it was, I know, but that, that look was just bollocks. I'm sorry, look, they're, they're, you can excuse it any way you want. It just looked shit. I'm sorry. It did. No, it, it was, did. They, were, they had this kind of purple hue to them. <laughs> no, it was, it was not good, and it, it just didn't work. It was pointless. I don't know why they did it, but there and we go. Outfits look ridiculous as well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But now that now that we've got Worf looking like Worf, hopefully that'll draw yeah, a bit of a line under it. Um, yeah. They've also said it'll be a female villain, but they've confirmed that it's not going to be Denise Crosby as Sela, which I think is a bit of a shame. I would have liked to have seen yeah. them finally <laughs> pick up that plot thread. But but where's Prince Spiner playing another Sung member, oh, member? Or, or Data brought back from the dead for an eighth time? It could be Law. <laughs> we could finally get Law, and Law could be the villain. Oh, oh him coming in as Law as the bad guy. Law with Vija. Lauren VJ, yeah. I uh, still reckon we're going to get Q back in some form. I, I don't think that was the end. I think that no, was like that little eyebrow raise he gave just when he goes like, mm. uh, time's funny, isn't it? It's like, yes, it is. It seemed like there was something in that moment. Yeah. I, I just. I, I could go either way on that. But um, yeah, so we know we know that. We, we know there's two active shows. We've um, got. Um, a tra- we did get a trailer for Lower Deck. did, actually, yeah, and that looks so really we good. We know that DS9 cast are coming back. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so good to see DS9 finally getting some recognition. Like, it, I know there's been references here and there, but it, it's <sighs> nice to see some proper DS9. So Yeah, it's like, I know there's all the nostalgia for TNG and all that. They're going, it was the biggest, but when people look back, they always... Everyone goes in the end to go, no, DS9 was my favourite. Yeah. I mean, DS9 is my favourite. DS9 is the one that, of the sort of, that generation of Trek is the one people are more comfortable watching. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. It's the one people stream because it, it fits into modern, modern ways of watching TV. Yeah. And also, I've got to say, like, uh, DS9 was the most, was probably the most consistent of, of that era of Trek. Mm. However, yeah. Something about Next Generation always like just makes it my favorite. There, there's something about the spirit of it, even though 
a lot of it wasn't as good as it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> when it did hit its stride, it was the best. When it was good, me. it was very good. It yeah. was amazing. It, it was good. also, when it was bad, it was very bad as well. <laughs> They're very true, very true. But it's like, I think the heights it hit make it my yeah, favourite. Whereas uh, DS9 probably had more good episodes, I have to And guess. Next Generation made Star Trek... Uh, it, it made it a household name again. It re-established it. And if yeah. it hadn't have been for TNG, we wouldn't be sat here doing this now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mind so. you, having said this, like when you go back to the um, original series and you get like episodes of the calibre of which we've watched this week, I mean, it just reminds you why oh, yeah. that started all, why, why Star Trek still has legs because of those beginnings, because um, of those amazing earlier episodes. Um, very nice segue to take us into talking about Balance of Terror. Before we do that, though, does any anything else we've missed from the Comic Con reveals? Um, just on the um, section day one, if they are, aren't going to make it, I hope they do somehow resolve what happened with uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Get, we should get her back. In some should, capacity, but we should just even if they just have a one-shot episode where we see what happened to her, it just would be nice. As to, I said, um, my my dream project is the Can prequel series. So it's it's the eugenics wars. It's very much got the feel of a political thriller, and you do Can's rise to power, the eugenics wars. In the background, you've got Wesley Crusher and Corey trying to keep history on track. And then you can have Georgia as part of their consortium because she's yeah. displaced in time as well. So I kind of love the idea of like Georgia maybe teaming up with the Gary Seven team, like, yeah. you know, as we saw in Picard. That'd be well, nice. Well, we know like, they, they work for the Travellers, so there you yeah. go. That yeah, a bit of a time traveller caper. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So... Maybe you just have her in a different time zone every week. Yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like sliders it, or quantum well, leap or if something. You have yeah, a but... Having a Wesley show like that would open it up for it to be proper sort of anthology where you could have yeah. all sorts of different stories. Definitely. And, like you could have your co Corey sometimes, you could have um, Giorgio sometimes. You don't have to tie these people down to full scene. Oh, no, I, I love the idea. Giorgio's of... got lots of other stuff going on as well, mm. you so I love the idea of Giorgio. Giorgio being the main focus, but like, you know, Wesley's like at head office, so every time she goes yeah, back there... But, yeah, but that way you can sort of go, look, we understand you've got other filming commitments. We want you as a main character, but how we're doing it, you only have to do maybe three or four yeah. episodes out of the season. I was going more the Picard model. You just say, like, ten episodes, three series... Go for it. Yeah. You know, well, just, just something yeah. very manageable like or that. Or it could be you something know? completely new. I mean, I I would fully expect, because they've said that they consider the Picard, where Picard is in the timeline, they consider to be the present of the Star Trek universe. So with Picard wrapping up, I'm expecting something set in that time period, a live yeah. action show. Yeah. Which sort of brings you into the Seven of Nine show. Yeah, it... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I just. I, I'm I not mind picturing something. something to get me excited. It's like I had a pitch for it, maybe, but just. I won't um, mind something totally new. Seven of nine. Like, that doesn't excite you. Seven of nine excites me, but that's a very another story. <laughs> but but the, the show with Seven and Raffi, I I don't know. I, you know um, what? Season three of Picard introduce whatever the contemporary enterprise is, the F or whatever. Mm. And then let's have Star Trek the next next generation and Star Trek the new generation. I, yeah. I think we're going to get the Star Trek, the um, Enterprise E in the show. I think because mm. they're going to want to do something from the nostalgia well, value, said, but they can't do the D obviously because that got destroyed. They've said there'll be more than one Enterprise in it. So, oh, maybe see. that gets destroyed, making way for the there you um, go. F. Anyway, yeah. back to the Enterprise. No bloody A, B, C, or D. Let's talk about <laughs> Balance of Terror then. So, and speaking of Scotty, he starts off this episode, and I love Star Trek was so good at predicting technology, but sometimes they got it totally wrong. And you've got Scotty right at the start of the episode adjusting the camera so that the wedding can be filmed to be broadcast out across the rest of yeah. the ship. And probably at the time, people thought, oh, wow, they've got a camera that can record it there and then and broadcast it to the whole ship. That's amazing. Yeah. 
but the not- only thing I did see think with the wedding at the beginning is uh, watching the strange new world since I watched them back to back this time. Uh, yeah, the, the couple don't look like the like they, no, they're they usually don't. quite good at doing in references and you know yeah. like really being attention to detail. Seems like such a misstep to have a couple which look so different. Yeah, no, they yeah they definitely didn't cast with uh, them in mind. I mean, I suppose if you wanted to stretch the logic, you could say, well, it's not the exact. It could be just a different couple, and it's coincidental, but. Clearly, it's meant to be the same ones. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, because it's happening at the same time and everything. There's no yeah. reason why time would have been pre-changed. Because yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so I enjoyed the camera. Um, mm. The Kirk lighting I found very distracting <laughs> in this scene. Like I really thought they <laughs> overdid it with the eyes. Did you notice though in the when I was watching back the um uh quality of mercy mm. they did that with uh uh the helms helms persons oh, oh yeah they used that lighting technique quite a bit yeah no but they used it perfect like where this is a parallel episode I just thought it was nice that they yeah. included that um, yeah and you know I don't lighting shot I don't dislike the effect like it's of its time and everything but I really thought they overdid it at the start of of this particular episode and. I don't know, maybe, because this was the first one that they remastered when they went through and did the remasters. This was like the the trial episode for it. And I wonder if maybe when they did the colour correction, they went a bit crazy with it, and that's why it it stands out so much. I could be making excuses. It could just be that they used a lot of it in this one. Yeah, I'm guessing they just, like, if you watch the classic episodes, there's a lot of, like, uh, the powdered lighting for the uh, women and the... uh, across the eyes kind of lighting it's yeah i don't think it's the um the the up res of it all no possibly not um but yeah so obviously it's the same setup and everything they get called away i like there's a bit where um scotty is talking about like oh i'll i'll try and get the engines to give you some more speed and i think that's something that we did much more in the original series and it it harkens back to naval ships, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to have to put more coal on the furnace sort of thing. Yeah. And it's something that we dropped in later shows because they obviously thought a bit more about how the technology works and it's it's not the same thing. It's not burning fossil fuels. So Throw another crystal in the reactor. Yeah. <laughs> but that is how it comes across, isn't it? It's like, Scott, yeah. you're going to need to go fast. So he's like, right, I'm going to have to do something. Well, something which was nice, which uh, actually, again, sorry, I'm going to sort of, I'm going to back and forth a bit. Yeah, the I think people mercy, are it's hard not to. Like, yeah. <laughs> but there was um, something which people have addressed in, um, you know, other people talking about um, Star Trek. They've said about, well, if you can do Warp 9.9, why would you ever do anything else? And I noticed a line in the uh, Quality of Mercy where I think it's um, New Kirk says... Um, Oh, I, I did it as, you know, to, I, I was on Warp 9 for as, as long as I could safely do, which introduces the idea yeah. that there's a reason why they can't always burn it hot, which they've never really introduced, which was kind of nice, because a lot of people have pointed out, it was like, well, why wouldn't you always just do your yeah, top speed? Yeah, I always wonder, like, there's them episodes where they're like, laying a course, Warp 7, and it's like, why? Yeah, why not, why not just do 9.9 all the time? start pushing the stress limits of yeah. the engine. Well, but it's 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 almost like they've never had a line where they've really nailed that down that it's like it's not safe to do a certain speed for so long. It was just nice. Yeah. yeah. They've had things where it's been like the top speed is warp eight or whatever, but yeah, it's yeah. it's not you're right, not being explainable. Why can't you just do that all the time? Um I like it where they get to the neutral zone and obviously this is the first time we meet the Romulans in Star Trek ever. So Spock gives everybody a history lesson, which presumably you would already know. But he goes on this big speech about, oh, well, you know, we had a war and, uh, you know, we conduct, we got a peace agreement done by well, um, subspace radio. and Well, it's that way you're sort of um, explaining the plot, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I, I, there's a word for it. I can't think what they call it. Yeah. You have to sort of... well, it's... Exposition. It, that's it. It's all exposition he's doing. It is, yeah. Yeah, he's which he does speaking. do quite effortlessly. Yeah, he's actually speaking to us as the viewer. He's not yeah. speaking to the crew there. He's speaking to us as the viewer. No, exactly. 
exposition like that can be really hard to do as well. And he does do it pretty flawlessly. You don't feel like he's talking to the audience, yeah. even though because we're watching it with a kind of mind to sort of review it. Yet. And you that, do look at it a bit more critically. but That's the thing. It's like you have to remember that like this was a brand new universe at the time. And so you did need someone to say, right, this is this, this is this. Whereas things like the Romulans, the neutral zone, are so ingrained in Star Trek lore now that y you don't need any sort of explanation. But it's easy to forget that this was the I'm first time these concepts... I'm surprised that it's not mapped out on the pictures we're getting from James Webb Telescope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I really, what I really love was, like, just I love the basicness of the map on the screen. So it's like a little yeah. wavy line and, like... Romulan yeah. Star Empire Federation. Yeah, and the star Good base is bad. one to seven, and that's it. Uh, I mean, that was really the most fun was like watching the side by side comparison as you watch both the episodes of like, yeah, a very very basic map, and you've got this kind of three D digital yeah, yeah. awesome map in the, uh, yeah. in the Strange New Worlds episode, which of course again it's 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 nicely done, so it felt in keeping, but it, you've got to modernize it. To yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, you could. It's like. We talked about this, didn't we, when they first brought the Enterprise back in Discovery, mm. that the bridge is a great homage to the original series. Yeah. But you can't use original series effects nowadays no, because it's not. a 1960s show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like where on that map they go, oh, we're here. And you're like, what do you mean you're here? It's just a drawing. And then you realise there's obviously somebody behind it with a torch and there's just a little point of light coming through. Yeah. It's like, that's where the Enterprise is meant to be. Like, oh, okay, I've got it. Kirk does say, though, around this, he says, oh, we've no way of knowing what a Romulan ship looks like. And clearly, one of the Strange New Worlds writers picked up on that line and went, ah, maybe Kirk will think they've no way of knowing what our ships look like. Yeah. So, oh, there's lovely little plays yeah, from, it's from very... this episode. They've done a really, like... I said last week, not sorry, not last week, we missed last week because you two decided to try dying. Yeah, well, hey, I, I was go. almost back from the dead by then. It was him who was still dying. Yeah. Do you have any idea how much money I spent on eBay because I didn't have the podcast? I do, do yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love the, um, uh, the, the one thing which I did know, sorry. Uh, forgot what I was going to say there, but one thing I did notice was, uh, have we got to the bit where they kind of show the Romulans yet? Or are we not not quite no. yet, but we can... We can no, oh, hold up, oh, hold up. We've got the uh, base to get blown up first. Oh, of course we have, of course we have. And Kirk's dealing with Styles. We couldn't think of his name when we talked about Equality of Mercy, but Styles is the xenophobic character. Well, that uh, was what I was going to raise, actually, because I thought, um, Styles, you've got this kind of basically random red shirt which is perfect to give mm. something like this to so you make him your xenophobic character but in it seemed weird now watching Stranger Worlds back that Ortega's was that character because mm. she's never yeah. really been like that she's never really been sort well, of speciesist she's never been against um, Spock but suddenly she's going like huh well, it must be a good idea because me and Spock agree. It's like you've agreed on lots of stuff. That seems a bit. Though, that was to lay them seeds of what the hell's happened in this seven years that she's changed yeah. as much as she has, kind of Surprise, thing. Surprise, but I mean, why that? Like, they didn't really give us a reason no, why they, she was so. They didn't, but I, I think that's what it's meant to be. Is like something think, seriously happened. Well, to I know. Ortegas I actually know the answer to this. Go on then. It's because Ortega's great granddad. Served on Captain Style's ship when he <laughs> lost his crew. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. Go. Yeah, we haven't yeah. had Ortegas' tragic backstory yet, so maybe when we do get it. I don't know. Just I felt like everything was very self-contained in the uh, Quality of Mercy. It did answer all the questions of why people were different. I felt pretty well. Apart from that, it just seemed very yeah. jarring that she yeah. was... The racist I character. Know, I just really noticed it watching it back after watching. They did the same with Lan though, because it was like, why is she suddenly all fluffy? Um, so. Yeah, but but then you've got so many years later. It's kind of really yeah. obvious why someone would have mellowed, and you've already seen that in Strange New Worlds. Her mellowing as she's got, you know, you've already got the antecedents to that. You've got no reason for a right, to be yeah. like this. I yeah, I don't know. But it just seemed jarring. The way that Kirk deals with him is brilliant. Like when he says. 
I assume that you're complimenting Mr. Spock on his amazing powers of deduction. And yeah, it, it's just great. I mean, the thing mm. with Kirk, and I think we say this more often than not when we look at original series episodes, is everyone has this perception of what Kirk is. But Kirk was so much more of a nuanced character than most people give him credit for. And this episode is a great example of that. Like, he shuts down this guy with his racism. He's there. There's no room for bigotry on the bridge. If you've got a problem, leave it in your quarters. See, I think the problem was uh, that Shatner, and, you know, this actually gets back to Comic-Con, he threw some shade... Uh, in a few like interviews, I think uh, against the new like iterations of Star Trek, and you know it seemed to be suggest. Well, anyway, he, the, the way he said it was like Jim Roddenberry would be spinning in his grave if he saw any of new Star Trek. Yeah, basically, which is ridiculous. And then when he's uh, given a photo up though with the new Kirk, and when he gets a photo with him, he's like all lovey dovey about him. Oh, of course. And it just it was, it, it, he had another interview actually afterwards. It. For, with Comic Con, sort of on the TV show channels yeah. that do it had got him. And it was all he had to say was nice things about the guy who was Well, exactly. But that, that's the occasion where he knew that the guy was coming on afterwards, yeah, as yeah, I understand exactly. anyway. It just seemed very. I My, my point was going to be, though, that I think that just the fact that uh, Shatner is so unnuanced and so much of uh, Kirk, him is in Kirk. Yeah, I, I think, think like it. that's why there's this impression that people get, and they forget how nuanced yeah. Kirk was actually written, especially in you know the earlier days. People think that Kirk is Bill Shatner, and that's not the case. The lines have blurred a lot over the years. They let's have. Just say that. I yeah. think the lines have blurred. I think yeah. the lines have very much blurred because he's bought into how much money the fact that he played Kirk has actually made. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And and he doesn't actually have to act anymore. He could just go to conventions, he gets put, put up in nicest hotels, private jets, he has to spend a few hours meeting people and he earns a bloody fortune for a couple oh, of yeah. days. Absolutely he does. But Which he... is the, the shame for me that he is so kind of like, he's got such a career out of this and he still feels the need because of his ego to throw shade at someone. That's like, it. you know, I wasn't like so just... far that impressed by the portrayal of Kirk in new trek but yeah but just just him doing that just seems so unnecessary yeah just embrace it you know you are always going to be known as captain kirk for good or ill there's far worse ways to go like you know patrick stewart is happy that he'll always be known as picard and yeah you know i'm not being funny but he's in a different level of actor to william shatner so if he's happy with it (laughs) I think Bill yeah. should learn to live with it. But anyway, um, the the use of the couple, like they bring the couple back and have that nice scene in engineering with them. And yeah. I just think that's a great touch, like how it humanises what's going on. Like it, it's almost a hint at lower decks. You know, it's like it's not just the bridge crew. The yeah. whole crew is affected by this. And, and just, I love the, the whole thing of the couple kind of like very sweetly talking about it. It's like, it's all right, we'll get married later. But while you're on the clock, you are technically yeah. my superior. I'm still your superior officer. And it's, it's one you of know them. how much shit he's going to have have got for that later. It's one of them where you need the voiceover guy from Arrested Development to go, but they wouldn't get married later. <laughs> but, oh, Ron uh, Howard. That's Ron Howard. Ron Howard it is, yeah. Um, so, Hansen, and this is another one of these recasting things, like... Hansen, the guy on the space station, is a Caucasian guy in this, yeah. but he's, um, I don't know exactly where he's from, but he's more, I he think he's an Arabic it looks guy. looks sort of like in, the Indians. Yeah. Come to the... So what, I mean, yeah. what they've done, though, I was like, I'm going to check whether this is the same, ga- same character name. And I think what they've done here is really clever because you've got Hansen and you assume that's his surname. But the character in Strange New Worlds is called Hansen Al Shala. So they've taken the uh, name and gone, <laughs> well, we never said that was his surname and not his first name. So it could be the same guy. And I, I quite like that they've gone to that effort. To... Well, I mean, I should say this about the uh, the 
thing I noticed about the couple because the uh, the woman is I I think again she she seems non-white is the yes. like I don't know what ethnicity she is so I don't want to kind of get speculate but she is a non non-white actor and the original yeah. person was a white actor and I think that's probably part of the reason why they have recast some of these smaller parts so they can get a yeah. bit more kind of um, you know diverse right. feel <laughs> which I kind of do agree with and I know why in the sixties. That wasn't possible, but yeah. it just seems like for this one episode, because we just want it to look like the original, yeah. maybe those characters I mean, could have been the same. Because the the, the bridge <laughs> of the Enterprise under well, Pike is why a I lot more diverse already. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, this was actually a groundbreaking episode, not yeah. just of Star Trek, but of, uh, TV in general. With uh, Uhura, Uhura takes the company. He called her to take over the call. Yeah, yeah. And no one bats an eyelid with it. And no, he exactly. Gets on and does it, and he's quite competent. And yeah, absolutely. And, I picked up on it's that. It's not this overplayed time. or anything, but it's just the fact that he called not just someone black, but a black woman. Yeah. Do, do you know as well, like control point. The, the the shot you've got behind her is almost like she looks in awe in that moment, like it's like well, yeah. the moment on her face. <laughs> but no, what what I was going to say about the the thing with Hansen is I, I absolutely agree with you. I think what they're doing is trying to bring more diversity to it. And I think in the case of Hansen, I like the fact that they've thought about how they're going to do it and they've called attention to it and they've gone, look, if you want to, in your head, Canon, say it's the same person, we'll give you this little this little bit that you can say it. Yeah. it's not his surname, it's his, his first name. And... So it's a way of going, look, this is what we're doing. You understand why we're doing it. Don't worry about it. We'll give you a little tidbit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy it's something with that. that. Doesn't bo- <coughs> like this with the smaller cast members, it doesn't bother no, me. No, of course, yeah. If you no, recast it, it, Kirk and made him black, I'd have a problem. Yeah, because I mean, that it, isn't it, Kirk. And it's like where they talk about James Bond being a woman. I have a problem with that because the character is James. It's a man. Yeah, it's not. It, it's it's them. You know, how far do you take? Yeah. The character of James Bond before it's not James Bond anymore, and I, you know that's. I, I mean, I, I also say it's not that it bothers me. It's more a case of if I saw those actors did look like I'd be going, "Oh my yeah, god, yeah. they went to that attention to detail." That's the. And thing. I almost feel like, as I say, with Stranger Worlds, because it's already cast to be a diverse cast, which is great. You don't need to no, don't. upcast uh, the ethnicities to, you know, to no, represent people because makes, they're already very representative. Yeah, it makes no difference one way or the other, other than to slightly bring you out of it because you go, oh, the, um, and this yeah. is why I think they should have got the actor who plays Sarek to play the Romulan commander. I think that'd have been an awesome little joke. <laughs> that'd be nice. It, um, it would. That'd have been. It'd have been. One of those great... Yeah, but again, would it have been too distracting? I suppose for the people who get it, you'd be like, I see what they've done there. And the people who don't, don't matter. But it's anyway. Just, it's just same as being a good actor. Yeah. Um, the idea that a ship has to decloak before it can fire. I love that we get that referenced here because that comes back in Star Trek 3. It comes back in Star Trek 6. It's one of these... Yeah, real- on. Yeah, it's one of these rules of Star Trek that we're establishing right back here. And it, it and it's stays. that genius thing of, like, if you're going to give them something so critically big, like being able to make your ship invisible, you have to give them the kryptonite mm. to it. You know, yeah, you have to course. give them yeah. some kind of limit to it. And that was that's why I think it's uh, survived so many iterations is because otherwise, if you can go invisible and shoot people, then just everyone's dead. Just, just you've lost yeah, that. You need to yeah. put some limitation on it, a cost for it. And like Elliot pointed out last week, though, they do take the limitations a bit far by saying they don't have warp drive. And it's like, at the time, you could have got away with that because we hadn't established the rules. But now that we know what the rules are, we're going, well, there's no way they could be in the neutral yeah. zone then. So they're taking it, them It's like if years. you watch this episode <coughs> and they're going, we're at full warp going away. And not even at light speed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It was so mutable in the early days. They, yeah. they were working out the terminology as they went along and... Like, I think even... Do you know, before they did the uprights, there were some little feet, which Romulan feet, which came out of the bottom <laughs> of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I... I don't know if you noticed, I actually found a shot 
of the Romulan Warbird from Unmastered that I put in the thumbnail. Ah, yes, I did notice Ooh. that, actually, yeah. I do love the Romulan Warbird. I've got to say, like, the, the designs, the look of the ships, like, you know, you look at the Enterprise, the fact that that's still a viable look for a starship yeah. now, it just shows you how good they were. And the yeah, the warbird looks great. It just looks yeah. amazing. And the the Romulan warbird's got so well. It's it's the Romulan bird of prey, isn't it? Sorry, they change it bird to a warbird. And the reason they did was because Star Trek Three was written for Romulans to be the antagonists in it. So they said bird of prey. Oh. They designed the bird of prey. The terminology makes sense because last time we saw the Romulans, they had a bird of prey. And then they said, now let's change it to Klingons. And it was like, but we've already built the thing. Ah, just say Klingons have got Bird of Prey now. And that's why when they reintroduced the Romulans, they were like, oh, we can't call it Bird of Prey now because the Klingon Bird of Prey has become such a big <laughs> thing. But the reason that the Klingons had the Bird of Prey and the, and the cloaking has been done in uh, Star Trek mythology, that uh, the yeah. Klingons give the Romulans warp drive. In exchange for a cloaking. Yeah, they have like uh, an arrangement and that's because in season three, they built the Klingon battle cruiser and they decided it were too good a model. So, yep, we're going to use that in the Romulan episode as well. So, <laughs> Just don't bring that up with Worf. It's a very touchy subject yeah, with him and the Romulans. Uh, they should <laughs> By the have. way, hey, can you do a deal with the Romulans? I want to say, shut up, we do not talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> they should have a scene in New Picard where... They find a picture of a Discovery Klingon and ask Worf about it, and he, we do not what talk about here? it with outsiders. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tension then between the commander and the sub commander, and oh. again, this is an element where they've taken it and they've extrapolated it out with what they did in Strange New Worlds. Like, yeah. yes. Because you've got three of them there as well. Like, you've got the uh, person who's more on the side <coughs> of the commander in it, which um, is sort of written out for the other version. I like to think in the other in the Strange New World version, he got killed in one of the first kind of firing attacks, yeah, which didn't have in the original history, which kind of works. And you get the guy in this one who's like, I want to send a transmission to the creator. And you're like, well, he must be the guy who does send a transmission yeah. in Strange New Worlds. And I want them. I want those helmets. I wish they put the helmets back in Stranger Worlds. I thought they looked kind well, of. Well, that cool. was so they didn't, like didn't have to do the Vulcan ears. So they're all wearing oh, helmets to cover the ears. But yeah, they could have. Uh, um, it was I, uh, cost saving. Well, it was tight. It was probably massive cost saving compared. Yeah. To, like you can knock up Vulcan ears quite yeah. easily nowadays. But back then, it was a major, major makeup job. Jeez, oh, you can get them for a lot now. They actually, yeah. Um, yeah, Gene Roddenberry had Leonard Nimoy on, and he actually thought it was a good idea. He said that they were off to pay for him to have plastic surgery, to <laughs> yeah. have the ears done between season one and two to save him all the time. He had to spend in makeup chair, and Leonard Nimoy was all for it. Yeah, this is a great idea. Jesus Christ! Dude. Well, you can always have it fixed again. It'll be fine. But it's one of those things where make how did it because like Spock's ears do look real in original series. Yeah, they do. And if you look at makeup at that time on shows, mm. it wasn't like that. It was really crap. There was a major job. <coughs> One thing I did want to mention which I was I mean I mentioned it the the other week when we were talking about the quality of mercy. The job they did with the new guy who's playing the um, Mark Leonard um, Romulan character, mm -hmm. the fact that he was kind of a bit more modern in his acting style, it was a bit more kind of emotions, a bit more close to the surface. You could hear the weariness in his performance of war. Whereas, like, I love the stoicism of Mark Leonard's performance in this. It's well, it's, so it's good. very Shakespearean almost. Yeah, it, it is. Well, it's Shakespearean, like, but it also... Which is a style that was actually very British at the time well, of sci-fi. I also think it's it's also in the traditions of, like, because basically this is submarine drama is what we've seen played out yeah. here. Mm. Like, you could like, transpose this dialogue, just remove the references to aliens, and you could transpose this into a load of uh, submarine dramas of the day. And it just, yeah. it was that tension which they used to bring to it, which he brings to the yeah. performance. It's just so good. Yeah. Like, you know, again... All praise to the guy who played it in um, in Strange New Worlds, and he did a great job. But just this performance was something else. It's just you know you don't oh, see brilliant. performances like this yeah. very often now. And uh, again, I feel like they've taken bits of 
Matt Leonard's take on the character and again expanded upon it because you've got him um talking about like he wants to avoid war, he just wants to get home. And mm. then you look at that and you think, oh no wonder he was willing to kind of work with Pike a little bit. Yeah, his yeah. his agenda does line up with that. So really, really clever. Then we get the briefing scene where they're all talking about what to do. And we talked about that quite a bit last time where you you get it all again in Strange New Worlds, but it, it's slightly different, like it's different people suggesting the things. But effectively, it's the same, the same briefing scene. Um, then I think we get the only bit I really don't like in this episode where... Um, the the shooting at the ship and everything, or, or it's when the plasma weapons coming at them, and Rand sort of cut, sidles up to Kirk and he hugs her, and it's just so. It reminds me of that bit out of Airplane where they do exactly yeah. the same thing for laughs, well, and it's this just was very, yeah. This was very sixties of TV yes, back then, definitely. And, and that's the thing, even though they were trying to be futuristic and got rid of these sexist barriers and racist barriers. It was still there in the writing and whoever they're having directing this week. Yeah, absolutely. And you wonder how many studio notes as well, because there were so many things which Roddenberry wanted to do, which were more progressive, which he was told not to do. So I wonder if the studio's going, like, no, Kirk needs to come for that lady when she falls <laughs> yeah, over. That's yeah, like, like, you know, you, you can't know. expect the, the yeoman to be okay with all this going on. Like, you know. Yeah. Which yeah. I've said a million times, but it, it is the treatment of women that dates the original series more than anything else. And even though in their own way they were being very progressive, it's things like this that they just thought like, was normal at the time. That well, you just... I'm watching. I'm uh, busy watching Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea again for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Anyone who watches my yeah, YouTube, check out Elliot's um, yeah, yeah, Retrek <laughs> Model Studios on YouTube. But, uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea ran nineteen sixty four to sixty eight, mm. and like that is a submarine drama, but that is so dated compared to Star Trek yeah. with how they treat women and and everything. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it would actually have been quite interesting. I, I understand why they had to cut certain things for time reasons in Strange New Worlds because they've got to wrap, do the wraparounds with the time travel. Yeah. However, it's been really interesting to see what they would have made with Yeoman Rand and like maybe a a more PC version of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, like a more respectful version. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, though, again, they do nail the dramatic moments. Like when Kirk gives the order to go into the neutral zone, the gravitas of that absolutely comes across. That like this is a huge thing that he's doing. Well, he has. He's under direct orders. Mm. His primary order is not to violate the neutral zone under any circumstances. Yeah. And, and he says that right at the beginning. And, and what it, it really shows is what a tactician that Kirk was. You know, yeah. I think uh, the, the strength in the way they've written Pike in the new series is to make him more of a space diplomat, mm. you know, more in the, uh, almost more in the, uh, sort of a crossbreed, actually, I suppose, between Jean-Luc and between Kirk. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's but um, but yeah, Kirk was a real tactician. You know, he knew to to shadow them, to keep within their warp trail and stuff. Like, or you know, their non warp trail, as the case may be. Yeah, yeah. And it was just really nice how that shines through, and how you know it, where my complaint with some of the earlier episodes, and not often, but some of them where they are a slower pace of of drama, it tends to be there's less action, more kind of mm. talky. Sometimes. It does feel a bit drawn out in some episodes, whereas this one is certainly not one of them. Everything they do to pull the taffy on the yeah. um, on the drama, on the tactics, and everything seems so earned and so well done. <laughs> yeah, and they even get time for like this lovely moment of doubt that Kirk has in his quarters with Bones, and it to me it evokes. There was a very similar scene in the cage with Pike and yes. Doctor Piper. Yes. And it feels like what they've done is repurposed that here and gone, let, let's try that with Kirk and McCoy. But th- this is just brilliant, and this is what we're talking about with how people forget how nuanced Kirk is. Like, this doesn't fit in with this 
Bill Shatner version of Kirk. This is a human being who's feeling the weight of command and he's acknowledging that he's going out there and he's being performative and he's doing all this stuff, but it takes a toll on him and it, it's just brilliant what it adds to the character, and DeForest Kelly's brilliant in this scene as well. Now, it's interesting because <coughs> the episode after this is Shaw Leave. Yeah. And um, the mate is on the report, is uh, Kirk, and he, he's like being read this report. There's a crew member who refuses to go on leave. And oh, he's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So long, and he's showing signs of stress, etc. <laughs> and it, it ties in it does actually, to this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and I love it. It's like, well, tell me that that young man's name then. I must put him yeah. on the report. James T. Kirk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it, it does tie into this. Yeah, it does. You're yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, we we've not done Shirley before, have we? No, we've not done Shirley. Oh, we've got loads to do. Oh, I know, but it's just it's it's always it's always so pleasing where I hear the name of a classic one we haven't done. It's like, oh, I just look forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost certainly Lower Decks is going to reference it at some point. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're covering that in the next few weeks, to be honest. A perfect yeah. partner one. Yeah. Um, and then th- now we get to sort of the action, the wrap-up and everything. So Styles is still giving Spock a load of shit. But obviously Spock saves the day. And again, it almost foreshadows Star Trek 2 that you've got Spock going into this place with all the fumes and everything to save yes. the day. If anything, actually, I thought that would have fit. Like, they don't have that scene in the Strange New Worlds version. No. Where it's like, it would almost seem like a natural way of him getting ill. Or, you know, they, don't have the, they don't have the scene, but it is referenced. Yeah, I think that... Is very- that gets shot. I think that is how he gets injured in Stranger, where we just don't see it. But we just don't see it. We've I mean, it's probably it. one of those things they wrote at one stage, but cut due to time. Yeah, they they nice yeah. yeah it, it's, like, it's like you said, you've got all the time travel part to take into account. Yeah. Plus the whole episode of mm-hmm. um, Balance of Terror. Something has to give. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what? If they made this a feature-length episode, I wouldn't have oh, been I'd upset. I'd have been happy with that. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. have been upset if uh, a quality of uh, See, been... like, it could have either been a two-parter or a feature-length episode, but, you know... See, this is what we lose in the digital age. Because if there are deleted scenes, we'd have got them on a DVD or a Blu-ray of it, and whereas yeah. you don't tend to get that on streaming services. Disney do a little bit of it. Um, but you know, as standard, you Paramount Plus, he's your yeah, Paramount Plus put the deleted scenes. scenes on there. Star Trek fans will watch anything, just put it That's on there. <laughs> by the way, I did note something very interesting in this re- in the, what the side by side watch about uh Spock's performance uh, between Len Nimoy and mm. um Ethan Peck. It's very interesting the way. Um, Lemon Nimoy delivers the lines very personal, it's almost like slow in nature because he's very methodical about yeah. everything. Whereas Ethan Peck's is a quite a quick, immediate performance. Where mm-hmm. it's like, um, if um, oh, um, if they do share an entry, which at this stage I believe they do, then this would be and he's got this kind of quite yeah. fast talking, but it's uh, just very no, interesting. Just where they're walking yeah. side by side, mm. I mean, it must be a deliberate choice. It's probably a I can't do it exactly like Nimoy. It's Mitch, probably just yeah. his acting style is acting. that immediate thing, and maybe he, and he also thought that... directing styles of modern directors, directing TV are probably like it needs to be snappier. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm also yeah. thinking that you could take two ways of thinking about someone who's that logical. Either they're slow, slow, methodical because they're thinking through every word they're saying, or they're so smart and methodical, they mm. already know what they're going to say before they start saying it. Yeah. yeah. Both kind of work for the character. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting watching it side by side. Here. One other thing on the Romulan commander then. So Kirk offers at the end, we'll, we'll bring your crew aboard, you know, drop your shields. Well, and thinking about the Romulan commander's character, I wonder if he chooses to sacrifice because we know he doesn't want a war. So is he thinking, if I let my crew be taken aboard and the homeworld hears about it, it's going to be dishonourable and it's going to lead to a war and if they and, find and out. they look weak because they haven't so, 
killed off. Yeah, so is he thinking, if I destroy my ship with everybody on board, that will prevent a war because they won't know what's happened. And that'll be an end no, to it. And I, I, just, about that. I just thought then, is it? he says it's a duty. But I'm like, I wonder, could it be that it, it's almost yeah. a final act I mean, of heroism it... from him that it's like, I'm not going to let this become a war? I mean, it doesn't mean that it's actually what's happening, but doesn't he say something where he says that it's like, uh, it wouldn't be our way to escape in this? He and does, like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it does, again... That could be him just saying that to save um, face in front of his crew. Yeah, it just made me wonder. And I, I think I think with what Strange New Worlds has added to this character, it, there's a stronger argument for that now than there would have been before. And I think that's wonderful that they can do that so yeah. many what, years what I, later. What I love also is his line still works. That He goes, uh, I like to think it, yeah. in another reality I could have called you friend. And that still applies. Just because we saw one other reality where it didn't yeah. work doesn't mean, like, yeah. in the right circumstances, without some dick of a uh, sub-commander uh, screwing me out to the uh, Praetor, pre pre uh, and without um, us being in a position where we've fought to the point where my ship is now ready to be yeah. destroyed. If the circumstances were better for, like, if my people could see it the way I do, if there was enough of a thirst for peace, we could be friends. It's that like, still seems to shine, shine through. I didn't think that was discounted by Strange New Worlds, which I like. No, exactly. Yeah. And it, they should have a scene where they say, like, how many realities are we friends? And you've got Doctor Strange going, you know, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it kind of could be that. There's only one reality where it all yeah, works out. But, there is but it's still true. Yeah. And it's kind of like, um, uh, because I, I don't, like... As much as I subscribe to the argument that just because someone does something different with a character or different with a uh, a show doesn't mean what you like didn't still exist. However, sometimes when they retcon stuff where they put something before the thing you liked yeah. and it sort of changes the meaning of it, I don't yeah. like that. Whereas this one, there's nothing which isn't respectful to no, the original. Not at all. That, that's what mercy. I said last week about it, Equality of Mercy. It's it so was, respectful to the It original. was so brave to do it. Yeah. But they pulled it off. Because <laughs> it's like a nightmare with Enterprise when they showed them meeting the Borg early and the Frangie yeah, early and everything. It's like, so that does take something from the original people who mm -hmm. met them. With Doctor yeah. Who, the way they've done the whole thing of like, oh no, actually the first Doctor wasn't the first Doctor. There was loads more before. Yeah. Well, that does change I'm the still nature. not ready to talk about that. I'm just saying that just changed <laughs> the nature of the original Doctor. They've had all these other adventures beforehand. The original Doctor isn't the first person doing that. That does change it fundamentally. Yeah, it Whereas does. Strange New Worlds does something completely different. Well, does something different with the adventure, but still uh, keeps it so respectful to the original and nothing touches the original in it. And that's yeah, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of ironic bits at the end, like you get... <laughs> Uh, they say, oh, Captain, they, they, it's come through. Starfleet says you can do what you want. And Kirk's just got this sort of exhausted smile about it, like, oh, yeah, too, too bloody late now, you know. <laughs> yeah, but good job I'm not in trouble. Yeah. Just... <laughs> can we actually say about, because we mentioned the uh, last time we met about um, Pike having a look to the camera at the end of the episode. They sort of do a version of it here because he does the heroic walk down he the does, corridor yeah. after he has the conversation. After he has a conversation about the um, husband or the yeah, husband that's your other irony. There, it's only the groom. Oh. I mean, it, it's him walking down the corridor much different from the look in the camera because it's that hero walk down the camera. Yeah, like I'm still brooding about what happened. It's kind of the equivalent. I yeah, think he's not looking at the corridor. He's not looking at the camera. It's it doesn't <laughs> break the fourth wall. But oh, but it doesn't with that. All it shows is that Pike was looking in a certain direction, and from our point of view, the camera was there. What he was looking kind of pensively because he's just lost Una. Yeah. Whereas in this was. version, he's walking down the corridor looking pensive because. He just lost a crew member, and you know. Yeah, I, I really like the Kirk walk down the corridor, and again, this is adding layers to the character of Kirk. Like he walks away, he's affected by this, he's troubled by it. He, you know, this is not just your all action guy who's like, right, on to the next battle. You know that there's more. And you also to get what he, You also get what he's got to do as his duty because the captain. This is my problem I sometimes have with Discovery is that 
the captain cannot show their crew that they're being emotionally compromised. Yeah. Because Kirk, you can see in his eyes, you can see because you've seen the scene before that he's troubled by this. Anyone walking down that corridor just sees the captain walking purposely through. They don't need to know that. They need mm-hmm. him to be a symbol of strength. Whereas like Burnham is just in tears on the bridge and just yeah. it doesn't doesn't give that respect to the you know, to what a captain's got to be. Yeah, no, I agree. Um yeah, and- I'm I'm really hoping that. Disco season five is the last one. See, I think I, I'm not that bothered if it they, they improve it. You know, it's season four was a duff season for a lot of reasons. Season, uh, season four of the show shouldn't be a duff. No, it shouldn't. You should and be in your stride and, and, yeah. and know what you're doing. And after such a strong third series, which seemed almost like it was uh, prescient, like they like uh, they knew the lockdown was going to happen because they took us on such a journey of losing something, which we all did during lockdown, and then gaining it back yeah. as we did afterwards. And the, the, the journey of that season was perfect for what we were going through. Even to the fact they upset me at the beginning because it showed loss at a time when we'd all lost so much. Yeah, no. Absolutely. But to the point where it kind of like lifted my spirits as it got really good, as you got to see a whole new time. It was so good then to to, to fall from grace so badly in series four. Yeah. When you've got a whole new bloody universe to explore, it should not it should be a no-brainer to get a good series out. Yeah, it should have been. I mean, you, be we can blame the fact that it was produced during the pandemic a little bit, but Well, I think they should get rid of the whole thing because you just had a series where the burn was the thing. Yeah. And then you had a series where the anomaly was the thing, yeah, which was, it was kind too... of similar to the burn in nature. Yeah, Whereas too close. what you really wanted that series to be was rebuilding the Federation. Going rebuilding to these different the worlds we'd lost. Seeing what there is now. Which, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could have, hey, let's check in with what's happening with the Kings. Let's check in what's what's happening with the Franken. You've got so many races. Hey, and let's have some new ones, which we never met before. Yeah. That's what they should have done with it. And it was just such a missed opportunity for my liking to it do was. another big bad. But we'll get on to Discovery Season 5 when we get there. Um, yeah, sorry. One other thing to say about Kirk's walk. Um, it brought to mind as well the very end of Star Trek Nemesis where Picard's talking to B4, um, but Data, but not. And then he walks out and walks down the corridor and... I wonder if the director of that took a bit of inspiration there, but then I'm remembering the director of Nemesis didn't like Star Trek didn't at watch all. So. And also it was kind of the opposite because there he was doing the hopeful walk. It was almost yes, by was. hearing yeah. Data, like before, sorry, whistle like Data did. And thank goodness so that wasn't the last ever shot of Picard and the next-gen crew that we'll ever get because yeah. for a lot of years it looked like it was going to be. But again, that's a conversation for when we get to Picard Season 3. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, anything else on this one, then? I mean, we could talk about it all day, but... I think we've covered most of the points. Yeah. Uh, again, i just like to reiterate what acting porn it was from uh, Mark Leonard. Yeah, it was just brilliant. showed what amazing actor he was. He he played so many oh, wonderful shades. Back in it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, if there's an opening for a semi-recurring role as Spock's dad, there's your man. Yeah, I mean, he may have had moments in episodes of Sarek which um, meet or surpass this performance. Yeah. However, this may be his best performance in Star Trek, just solidly from start to finish. No, the amount brilliant. of different things he got to do. It was wonderful. And this is why the Romans became um, such a great reoccurring no, character I mean, because of yeah. the feet he placed in that wet cement. I'm sorry, but the great, his greatest performance in in Star Trek is the Klingon who gets blown up by Vija right at the start of Star Trek One. So <laughs> it's often overlooked. I don't know why, okay. but there it is. For some reason, the one which always sticks in his mind as well is when um, they return back in the voyage home, and he goes, "Look!" Oh, and it's, yeah. it seems so staged. Yeah, when you've got the guy going, "Get him back! Get him back!" Yeah. <laughs> Great fun. Um, yes, so um, join us next time. I think next time are we finally going back to the Dominion War? I think we should. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Episode. Yeah, we've got Wave yeah. the Warrior to talk about. which <laughs> And is... our 63rd live stream, live stream spectacular yeah. celebration. We're going all out for it. Um, 
and we'll be talking about Way of the Warrior. But in the meantime, you can contact us at RetrekPod on Twitter, RetrekPod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, Elliot's on YouTube, building his Star Trek and other models. Doctor Squee, <laughs> you're all over the internet with the Doctor Squee show. Yes, um, <coughs> the, the, I don't know what's coming up this week. However, if you go to drsquee.com, that will redirect you to our YouTube channel, or you can go onto the Facebook page where it's got all the videos, including me and Spindles talking at length uh, about the recent Comic Con. Um, and also, just to like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give the exclusive to Retrek. I am just now setting the date. And setting the charity for this year's Squeefest. So it's going to be the 10th and 11th of September, Squeefest 4. And the charity this year is going to be Shelter because I felt in these times of hardship financially for a lot of Absolutely. us, um, Absolutely. you know, the homeless crisis is getting worse than ever. So, um, yeah. Yep. So that's yep. that. Fantastic. We'll be on. So, yep. Keep an eye out for that. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank LLAP. You. Bye-bye.